Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. John Bloom here, and you're listening to the Sun's Solar Panel, which is much more informative and entertaining than listening to my solar panels, but not nearly as environmentally friendly. Thank you so much for listening to the Phoenix Sun Solar Panel Podcast. My name is Tim Tompkins. Joining me, as always, Mr. Greg Esposito. Oh, so, Greg, we are, uh, the Suns came off this, like, really hot start. Everyone is super excited. We are, just so you know, if you're not watching this live, uh, we're recording just after the Suns lose to the Washington Wizards game where it really felt like it was pretty close there towards the end. I think they brought it to within three. As of right now, uh, the Suns are sitting below 500 for the first point all season long. They have lost five of their last six and six of their last nine games. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. You know, there's nothing like... Uh... Watching a heart hot start devolve into uh, whatever this is that we're uh, we're dealing with now. But let's put it in perspective. They were without their starting point guard, their starting center, their backup center, their backup point guard for many of these losses. So I'm not going to panic at this point, uh, but. It, it hasn't been pretty basketball and they got Ricky Rubio back on Wednesday night tonight as we're recording this against the Wizards. He looked a little rusty. The offense looked like it, it, it was still trying to uh, regain its footing with him at at the helm of it. So I don't know, man, I, I'm trying not to be pessimistic, but there are signs for concern, but I won't be really concerned until they get Baines back, they get Aiton back, and if the slide continues at that point, that's when it's really concerning. Right now they're getting pounded on both ends of the court uh, in the paint. They're not They're not able to, uh, to really get a lot going offensively down low without their big men. Uh, Cech Diallo has been, has been a nice surprise over the last few games in that case. But on, on defense, they're just getting eaten alive by, by opponents, big men. And that's, that's where it's uh, quite, uh, quite unnerving. And they, and they need uh, Baines back sooner rather than later. And there's still another, I believe it's nine games until we see Aiden. So they have to figure that part out in quick. It's crazy how much worse the defense gets when you don't have your starting center or your backup center or your starting point guard. But mostly it's it's uh, striking (laughs) the level of drop off, really, uh, without a anything that is better than a third string center as well. Gallo has played during these minutes and as far as Frank Kaminsky has played during these minutes, um, it, it is noticeable, which brings me to my next question. So Shaq Diallo, he's a player that we talked about coming into the season. He was going to be uh, the, what I thought, and I believe that you agreed with me as well, Greg, one of those players that 
a lot of Suns fans were going to be screaming for more minutes. Ten games into the season, that didn't seem to be coming to fruition. At this point, though, it is. Uh, uh, we've seen him play extremely well, arguably much, much, much better than Frank the Tank, who you bought stock, stock in his island, It'll turning into a little bit of a timeshare, but it's neither here nor there. Why isn't Monty Williams starting Shaq or at the very least closing games with him? Look, he's had two good games so far. Uh, I, you know, it was one until uh, until Wednesday's game against the Wizards, uh, tonight's game. So I have I have difficulty faulting him for not having a huge amount of of, of trust in in Czech Diallo uh, after just two quality performances. Uh, if he keeps it up, he certainly uh, should start at that center spot uh, in place of Frank Kaminsky until Baines gets back uh, because he'll, he'll, he'll have earned it. He's played very well over the last two games, but, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to fully buy in. I think he probably should have played more minutes down the stretch uh, against the Wizards. There were some questionable roster moves. I don't know why Tyler Johnson played so many damn minutes uh, at the, at the end as he couldn't hit anything. I mean there was a there was a sequence where one trip down the court he barely hit the rim uh, on a three, and then the next time down, he airballed it. Like I, I think some of his shots uh, and it, it were just poor selection. Uh, so I, I questioned that as well. So there were some moves I wasn't a hundred percent understanding of, but that's going to happen when your rotation gets extremely funky with uh, with as many guys out as they've had. Uh, at this point, what also I don't quite understand, uh, Devin Booker has become somewhat passive. It feels like, uh, in the offense, almost trying too hard to get his teammates involved at times to prove, uh, I don't, I, I don't think he's consciously trying to prove a point, but in a game like the game against the wizards, they need Devin Booker to just take over in that fourth quarter. Uh, it was within striking distance. It was uh, in, until the end. It was a weird game overall, but at some point you need Devin Booker to just go, all right, I get it. The rest of this team isn't playing well enough. I'm taking the lead. I'm taking over. Well, well, well let's be clear, though. Uh, there was not an offensive problem with the Suns versus the Wizards. No, there was, I mean, in that fourth quarter, there was a lot of ugly shots that did not go in. Uh, but you're right. This was a defensive issue uh, in the end. They could not get stops when they needed them. But I, I would have liked to, to see Devin just take over, take control at the end, take uh, take more of those shots uh, when he could have. Uh, he, he had a handful of buckets in that fourth. But I... I when you're when you're looking at some of those missed shots they had, I would love to see Booker just just take hold. That's what you expect from a star, uh, and I get that he he is embracing the role of of trying to get others involved. But they needed they needed him against the Wizards to to take take charge there uh, in that fourth, especially in the final five minutes uh, when when they somewhat closed the gap there, uh, they could have used him. But yeah, you're right. It was a defensive issue uh, against the Wizards. When you give up, I believe it was, what, 74 points in the first half? <laughs> That's a problem. 
I think there was about two minutes left in the first half, and I tweeted out, why the fuck do the Wizards have 69 points? <laughs> like, like, what? I, why? Yeah. I, 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 they, they, also, they also just couldn't miss from three. It was one of those games where it, it didn't really matter what you did. There, there was a certain, it, it felt like the Suns knowing that they had defensive limitations on the interior uh, made it so they didn't want to close out quite as tightly possibly on the three. Um, no, that well, led to a little bit of that, uh, that three point barrage, if you will. And you just have to assume at a certain point, even if, even if you aren't right up on them, they aren't going to be shooting 75% from three because even guys in an open gym generally don't shoot 75% from and three. And they didn't. They cooled off in the second half, right. but then it was down low. They couldn't stop uh, certain things. And that was, uh, that's, it, it, that's like we talked about. Uh, at the open, that's because you don't have your centers right now, so uh, it's so it's messy. I mean, that's it's messy defensively, uh, and it shows you how much Baines uh, and Rubio uh, are a key part of of this defense and this mentality of this team. And when uh, you know, I, Rubio was back tonight, but uh, against the Wizards, but. Bain still wasn't out there. Uh, it, it, they set the tone, and, and they need that. And and even Aiton, to an extent, just his athleticism being out there gives you a better chance, and, and they don't have any of, of that right now. And uh, it's it's a bit troubling. They they got off to that hot start, and they have faltered uh, in their last nine games. It has not been uh, the same team that we saw uh, statistically or with the eye test uh, since since that hot start. Oh, Greg, let me ask you a question, and this is a, a super burning question, but I feel like it is the right point of the episode to do this. Do you feel like getting into some CTAs? What are CTAs? What are we calls talking about? Calls to action. Calls to, uh, well, I, that, I thought that that's what we talk about in my marketing job, but I don't understand what uh, calls to action. Are we talking, do you want me to ask people to donate or buy some shirts? Are those our calls to action? What are no, we talking no, about? No, no, no. Okay, I got it. I got a bunch. <laughs> All right, so first one, and we'll make this super quick, guys. If you are watching on the YouTube, which I know you are right now, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast version of this. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, the Sun Solar Panel is on it. Um, do us a favor. There's a little thumbs up button right there on the bottom. Hit that. It really helps us out with the YouTube algorithms. Um, it, it helps what, with a ton of things. So if you want what to everybody that, loves like, is algorithm talk in a podcast. In a show, just hit yeah. the thumbs up button like we're doing the show live. Hit the thumbs up button. It's the least you can do. Right. Um, and second, I do want to thank two separate listeners for going ahead and supporting the show. And that is first off, uh, Benny Champion, as well as Sarah Combs. If you feel like the show you get some value out of it and you want to donate there's a support the show button on youtube as well as a podcast version there's one a five dollar and a ten dollar option if you do the ten dollar option i will personally send you some sun swag benny did the five dollar option and i have a bunch of stuff i want to get rid of so benny hit us up on uh, twitter at sun solar panel and i will definitely get you your sun swag and sarah you donated like three weeks ago but we haven't heard from you so send us your address and i'll send you some items as well 
Yes, those are CTAs. Now I understand. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, sunshirts.com. You can buy some great shirts as well. So. All right. There's the fourth. Now I want to go to some YouTube comments. This is from uh, Rabino. He said, Sheck plays bad defense and has no hustle. I don't know about the hustle, but uh, I can't argue with the defense. Nobody plays good, played uh, good defense uh, yeah, the last well, few nights. Shaq's defense is all right. Uh, his his hustle is, is pretty decent, too. He's a little bit undersized, but uh, dude doesn't play bad defense. It, uh, it beats Frank and whatever else uh, you got uh, right, right now for, uh, for centers. What, so. so are you selling your sock on no. Frank Island or what? I still own Bender, uh, Bender Island stock. I'm not getting rid of my Kaminsky Cove. So it's underwater. You know what? I'm a, instead of a property brother, I'm a flopperty brother. I don't know how to pick, uh, pick what I'm buying, but that's fine. I'll keep, I'll keep my stock there. And every, every sixth game when he shows out and, and does something, uh, I'll, I'll support him with the, with the, the rest of us uh, stranded on Kaminsky Cove, by the way, no refunds, no exchanges on your purchases at Kaminsky Cove. You're locked in. We're sorry. Um, this one coming from Reagan Graves over on the YouTube chat. He says, uh, doesn't Monty make you angry with the postgame interviews because he never holds the team accountable? And I feel like he's passing that off in the locker room because they go out and next night and repeat. Look, uh, a week and a half ago, everybody was saying Monty Williams coach of the year. So... This is going to ebb and flow, and I couldn't give a crap what a coach says in a post-game interview because none of that matters. All that matters is what he actually says in that locker room uh, to those guys, and we know that they buy in and believe in in what he's selling. It's a rough time. Look, we're, we were all sky high uh, two weeks ago. People were talking about 45, 50 wins, and I said it then. 32 to 35 wins is still a successful season this year. And that's still the case right now. So, uh, you know, well, that's still the case. They're, they're right around a 41 team right now. And that's, that's without uh, three quarters of their uh, starting lineup and sixth man. Right. Look, look and, and the, the truth here is that we knew they would go through a slump at some point. They're not world beaters. They're not, you know, a top four team in the West. I'm sorry to burst everybody's bubble who thought that after the the fast start, but the the, the fact is, this is a decent to average team at best if they if they don't have injuries and they're clicking on all cylinders, and we should be happy with that. This was always a a step year. This was get better, then get playoff contention next year and build on it. And right now they're still on schedule with that. So I'm not going to freak out right now and, and try to say Monty sucks or, or blame this guy or that guy. Are there things that we need to see? Yeah, we need to see better defensive effort. We need to see Devin Booker uh, be a little less passive. We need to see the centers come back and actually play from injury and suspension those are those are all fair criticisms but i don't think it's time to freak out uh, about this team um so actually one other thing Mm -hmm. this is not going to be a popular take i know everybody loves kelly Oubre and everything but to me he's gerald green with a little bit more offensive skills okay 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 Uh, that's kelly 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 Oubre has 
been great for most of the games. Um, and he's disappeared at times when the Suns have desperately needed him. He is, he's, he's somewhat streaky. He's got great athleticism. Uh, he makes he just, it's, questionable it's not decisions it's, sometimes. It's, it's, he just, he just fucking disappears. He just, he, I, he reminds me of Gerald Green. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think he's a more skilled Gerald Green, a more well-rounded Gerald Green, but there's very much just that feel that that I get from him that I got from Gerald Green and, and having been around him. And there, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just, I don't think he's necessarily a cornerstone uh, of of a winning team. He's a guy that will come in and give you some energy, give you some points, and will disappear at times. Kelly Oubre is... Uh, and I'm sorry that I don't have the advanced analytics right here in front of me. I guess I can look it up because I do have the links up. He is a quintessential, completely average starting small forward, and there is nothing wrong with being an average player. No, I would rather have Kelly Oubre than TJ Warren. And that, that's what it came down to, all right? So I have I have no problem. This is That was not a knock on Oubre. It was just simply a, a comparison that comes to mind when I watch him. I see some of the mannerisms. I see some of the offense. It, it's just that. And I I liked the role Gerald Green played in that 48-win season. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay, well, let me, let me ask you a follow-up question then. Kelly Oubre or Dario Sarge? Well, in what sense? If if we had to get rid of one and and keep one, I I, yeah. pro- I would want I probably would want to keep Sarge just simply because he does more of everything defensively, rebounding. Uh, it just he he's a smarter player overall. If we had to had to pick one and get rid of one, that's probably the way I'd go uh, with that. But that's it. It, that's not a choice that's going to happen here. It, so. It's uh, it's 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 tough when you look at the advanced analytics. So you have uh, Kelly Oubre with a four point four, which by the way, is actually pretty good. Um, Dario Saric with a warp of point three. Dario Saric with a defensive box plus minus one. Uh, defensive box plus minus, excuse me, of one point two compared to Kelly Oubre at point four. Uh, Dario Saric is clearly a less impactful offensive player with a negative 0.6 uh, offensive box plus minus compared to Oubre at 0.4. So it depends on, on what you're giving. One of the things I do want to get into is a three things you're thankful for, which I have a feeling at least one of us uh, will talk about Dario Sharch to an extent. But at this point in time, Greg, I don't know if you've noticed or if you're ever on uh, Twitter at all, you've heard of that before. If, no, and, unfamiliar. There's, there's a segment of Suns Twitter that likes to talk about Luka Doncic a lot. Uh, and they like to tweet us a lot saying, why don't you guys keep talking about Luka Doncic, blah, 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 blah. Um, there was a time in which uh, we were debating Luka Doncic versus DeAndre Ayton uh, extensively on the show. And I remember a quote that you said to me that I texted you personally about because I found it pretty uh, offensive, uh, where you said the only people that want to draft Luka Doncic 
are hipsters. Basketball hipsters. Basketball hipsters. And implying, I still stand by that. And, and, but implying <laughs> that and it, it was, wasn't just you. Uh, this was you and Dave saying not a single scout this, not a single scout this. At the same time, you had these uh, uh, boisterous guys that are on um, – Phoenix Radio saying that DeAndre Ayton is the next Shaq and they're feeding this crap into people's ear. And at the same time, you have uh, a different people with microphones saying that anybody that doesn't agree with you guys are simply hipsters and don't know what they're talking about. I never and said it, you don't and, know what you're talking no, about. But, that, but that's what the implication was. No, so, I, while they I just I, took a different perspective of the game of that, basketball. It was that's old school, not how, that's school. That's not how you claimed it. You claimed it, uh, look, it was only basketball hipsters that didn't know what they were talking about. No, I never said you didn't know what you were talking about. I just said you were looking at the game in a different way. And honestly, it it I don't think it was that crazy at the time to say that DeAndre Ayton, by many basketball minds, was viewed as as more of a sure thing. And let's keep in mind we're we're a season and not even a half into these guys' careers, right? Luca looks amazing, uh, right? There's no denying that, but we don't know how the next 10 years plays out. It could swing dramatically uh, in, in either way. Uh, Luca could wind up becoming even better than he is, uh, and, and Aiton could wind up completely cratering. But I, I think we're at a point where we can, at this time, admit the Suns likely did not pick the best player in that draft. All right, <laughs> I'm not. I I think we can. Let me. Can can I yes. can uh, yes, right? Yes, we're at a time. At, at this point, that. we can yes. admit that, right? But that does not make DeAndre Ayton a bust. I no, that and that doesn't. is this is everybody treats this as some kind of black and white issue that comes off wrong. Uh, some kind of cut and dry <laughs> issue here where it's simply uh, if if the, if Luka Doncic is the best player, Aiton is a bust for having picked him number one. And, and that is just not the case. Maybe you did not pick the best player in the draft number one, which is disappointing, right? Especially when it's the first time your franchise has picked number one overall. But to me, this is this is something that's going to take a very long time to understand how bad the Suns were. There is a chance that this is very much like the 1984 draft, potentially. You look at that, and Hakeem Olajuwon goes one, Sam Bowie goes two, Michael Jordan goes three. Now, you cannot tell me that the Houston Rockets made a massive blunder in selecting Hakeem Olajuwon number one. Did they, sure select, did they select the best sure player? In that? No, you can't. Because maybe they didn't select the best player, that, the guy that turned out to be the best player in the draft, but they got a Hall of Famer and a damn good player that brought them two championships in that city. Now, best case scenario is likely that for Suns fans right now, where Luka turns out to be the best player, but DeAndre Ayton has that has a big impact and hopefully leads the Suns to success on the court. At that point, you do not look at it as if it was a bust by picking DeAndre Ayton. You accept that maybe you didn't like the best player, but you still got a damn good player. Now, where this goes off the rails is if you wind up with the Sam Bowie pick. Right. 
Could be the Suns that, that wound up with that, holding the bag with DeAndre Ayton. Could be the Kings with Marvin Bagley. We don't know at this point. Way too early to judge. And the thing that, that has made this worse is simply the fact that DeAndre Ayton made a damn stupid decision uh, taking a diuretic for whatever reason, whether it was to mask something or didn't pay attention to what was going in his body. And that's what's amplified how bad this looks at this point because you've got Luka going nuts and DeAndre Ayton not playing in damn games, right? That's why this feels so bad right now. But if DeAndre Ayton comes back, picks up where he was in his rookie season and grows, which it looked like in the one game he played that there was a, a definite potential for that, it does not feel as bad. Because if he's putting up 20 and 12, you can go to yourself, all right, He's not putting up the stats that Luka is, but he's still putting up damn good stats, and maybe he's helping the Suns make a playoff push, right? It's not like Luka Doncic is is going to lead the Mavericks to a championship this year. If that happened right now and DeAndre Ayton played pedestrian once he came back, then you could start going, maybe you're inching into bust territory. But even bringing that word up now and thinking that way is way too early. I'm willing to concede that they likely did not pick the best player because Luka is doing pretty damn amazing things. But you also got to take into consideration he was playing professionally long before DeAndre Ayton was. And DeAndre Ayton didn't pick up basketball until later in life. So there's all sorts of things going on here. Will uh, Do I think DeAndre Ayton likely will reach the level that it looks like Luka's going to? No. But if he reaches a, a multiple-time All-Star, helps this team win, I'm not going to look at this as a bust. It was, it was a safer, what people felt was a safer pick up against what people felt was could be a potentially dangerous pick with the way European players had performed in the NBA in the past. Plus, you take the Bender, Dragon Bender factor uh, with it as well, and I understand why you would have hesitation to take a guy that wasn't a surefire thing. And keep in mind, really, in the end, Luka went fifth in this draft when you look at it because the, the, the Mavericks, just the whole trading, if anybody's looking at this long term, it may be the Hawks fans that that no, really Kings. get pissed off. Kings. Well, But the Hawks actually no, selected Hawks, him Hawks got, and Hawks turned around Trae and flipped Young, him. Though. I don't believe in Trey Young. I think Trey Young has a better chance to flame out than DeAndre Ayton does at this point. You're, you're, you're likely wrong about that as well. Um, it, it has reminded me of uh, this didn't happen. Hypothetically, if you had taken uh, Chris Bosh instead of LeBron James, right? Would you be pissed off you had Chris Bosh? No, probably not. Would you have much rather had LeBron James? Of course. But yeah, but if you is, took Darko, then you're really pissed off. And right. that's that's my point here. We don't know who's going to be Darko. We don't know who's going to be Sam Bowie. We don't that that's if DeAndre Ayton up winds up that guy, then yeah, you'll be pissed off for the rest of eternity as a Suns fan. If he turns into a Chris Bosh, a Hakeem Olajuwon, these guys that are still great players in their own rights, you're not going to be as pissed off. It's not going to be a bust. It's still going to be a missed opportunity, but it's not going to be as bad as people want it to look like right now. Completely agree. But I do want you to know, Greg, uh, that I did not forget the condescending talk from you and Dave 
for everybody that wanted uh, that was advocating, including myself, to draft Luca. Uh, not just from you and Dave, but also people that were on the radio that were uh, talking about DeAndre Aiden. And it wasn't just DeAndre Aiden is better than Luca, but uh, you all made it seem like everybody that wanted to draft Luca didn't know what the hell they were talking about. That is about. revisionist history. I no, never not did that. I, no, I sim- not revision. We had a specific text conversation about it. A specific where I said we need to tone down the rhetoric right now on this debate because just because somebody disagrees with the opinions of the other person doesn't mean that they should put down the other people for feeling that way. You're still all basketball hipsters. I don't change that stance. Regardless, it is not revisionist history. It wasn't just you. It wasn't just Dave. It was other people in the Suns media, and that is the issue that I think a lot of people that want to draft Luka Doncic take with it is that all all you MFers that said DeAndre Ayton, DeAndre DeAndre Aiden, DeAndre Aiden, put everybody down that thought that Luka Doncic would have been the better pick. And that's okay. where this vitriol on Suns Twitter and Suns Reddit comes from. No, this vitriol comes because people don't want to look beyond the five minutes that we're living in right now and want everything to be a what-if debate uh, about things. There's still a, a chance that that Luca is a flash in the pan. DeAndre Ayton winds up playing great. Trey Young winds up being the best player in the draft. There's all sorts of possibilities. We're a year and what, 20 games into these guys' career? Like, it's not, we have no clue what they're going to become. Luca could go out and blow out both knees in the game against the Suns later in the week, and his career could be over. DeAndre Ayton could fail another drug test and, and be be gone. We have no clue what's going to happen. So taking a victory lap right now, do it at your own risk, because there's still a very, there's still a chance that, Everything else could change before before this is all over. So that's that's my problem with this. It's not it's not cut and dry right now. Luca looks amazing. I'm not gonna be one of those guys that sits here and acts like, oh no, well ignore it and he's that blah. No, like I'm not one of those guys. I admit it. He looks amazing. And would it have been nice to have a guy playing in Phoenix doing those things instead of suspended because he failed a drug test? You're damn right it would be. But I, it's just, I think it's way too early for Suns fans to be done with DeAndre Ayton, which I've seen that. It's way too early for Mavericks fans to anoint Luka Doncic the next great one and, and saying, well, could he have a Hall of Fame? Could he be MVP? It's a, like We're extrapolating far beyond anything after a handful of a few great weeks. That's my biggest problem with this debate. And it was the same way that a lot of us approached that draft, too. It was all or nothing. It was our opinion, whatever. And and I fell into that trap as well. Granted, I was getting fed information also. But, uh, <laughs> but so, I, you know, and I still think it would have been tough for the Suns who had been chasing a franchise center for their entire existence to turn down taking number one overall, a center that everybody felt, uh, in most felt in the basketball world, was a, a no-brainer 
at that spot, with with the exception of some people on the periphery who seem to be right at this point. So I think that adds another layer to this, uh, along with having just selected Dragon Bender at number four, who flamed out for you. So there's all sorts of factors that go into this, and it's not uh, it, it's not as simple as some people on Twitter want to make it out to be. Uh, you know, and and. That that's my problem with it. We cannot call DeAndre Ayton a bust right now. We can call him a moron for failing a drug test. Be my guest. I agree with you there, but that that's that's my problem with it. Uh so at that point, I would like to mention that the Bucks, I believe, are the number two team in the uh, East right now. Number three team right up there with the uh, Dragon Bender up on that team. So how do you it's, feel about that? Yeah, he's also like the fifteenth man, and he's got to wear <laughs> he's got to wear a jersey that says Cream City across his chest. So everything looks different here and there, right? And and Marquise Chris is on the worst team in the West. <laughs> Read into it what you want. <laughs> Which is funny, the, the Warriors. So um, I do want to update some of our listeners uh, that have been asking me, uh, and, and shout out to Jacob, too, has been giving me a uh, lot of tips. I did name the dog uh, that we uh, drove all the way up to South Carolina to get. So I have a German Shepherd now and two pit bulls. Uh, named the dog. I was, was going to name him Killer. It was but... Ballsy that you named him Robert Ori. Right. I, I was going to go with Booker, honestly, um, because I, you know, I didn't. I thought that Killer was a, a little bit too cliche, right? Um, and that Booker had that like killer mentality. Uh, but I named a scar after the Lion King. So uh, if anybody on the, um, Greg, let me know if you can or can't see this because I can't actually see your face. Uh, no, scar, all I can see is the back of your head right scar, now. Come on, come on. All right. So we're gonna introduce. I'll take this out of the the audio, right? I think you should keep it in because nothing says great podcast like showing showing something they can't Isn't see. In he, audio. Can you see him? Isn't he adorable? Isn't yeah. he adorable? Yeah, uh, that's not a dog. You were t- saying that you wanted something that was going to terrify people. That is not terrifying me right okay. now. Okay, well, he it's is. Cute. He, He's cute. That's very true. But I will say, I was walking him and uh, Bear last night, and a guy came running by, like a runner, right? And he literally stopped <laughs> until I was eventually like, "You're good, dude. Just, just keep going." So apparently, when you run up on a pitbull and German Shepherd, like people really do fucking stop. I love it's... it. Co- coach in the coach in the chat says you could have named him Sarver if he misbehaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have. I, I like I like the name. But um, anyway, thank you everybody so much for watching for listening. Uh, Greg, are we done? Or I I don't want to misread the room. Hey, if 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 the dog takes a dump on the carpet, you could uh, call him Frank Kaminsky right now. So. <laughs> name of frank no i don't want to do that to myself for years uh do we want a... do we want to say what we're thankful for wasn't that what you wanted to to do in this episode is that we didn't get thanksgiving to? episode yeah. sure what do you have what do you have well, let's do i it. i am thankful that dave wasn't on this episode no uh, I'm because we dave. could talk about but we could talk about luca i mean that we were allowed to so no i'm thankful for you guys uh and i'm thankful for everybody that listens donates watches this show uh it's a labor of love we've done it for uh, almost three full years now and uh we enjoy it so i'm thankful for this it, it is is a nice reprieve from uh from a lot that uh 
goes on in life. And I am thankful for whether or not the rest of the Internet agrees right now. I'm thankful for Monty Williams because we're actually seeing, even in the tough times, a reasonably respectful or a respectable NBA team on the court. So thank you uh, to, to Monty Williams for pulling this together and for Ricky Rubio for looking so damn good out there. Yep. All right. I got uh, I am thankful for random backup sons centers who are able to just step in. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. I'm I'm also thankful for uh, random sons Twitter fights between blogs late at night. So when I wake yeah, up, uh, nothing better. Than you that know, shit. I, I can I can read some entertaining stuff and make a bunch of jokes I shouldn't on Twitter. I'm thankful for that as well. I'm thankful Nate Duncan blocked me on Twitter. I don't have to read <laughs> that crap anymore. You know, my favorite part is his ass dunked me, and I never said a, a single word to him uh, that was demeaning. But now there is this, what, uh, date Nunkin uh, hashtag that's super popular. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, which, fuck that guy. Yeah, which was uh, which was something stupid I said to our friend, so says Jay, on, uh, on Twitter, and he ran with. <laughs> Look, I'm just thankful that we, you know, as as negative as certain things can be, we, for the most part, we we've got great fans that are willing to have fun with uh, with us and and enjoy this ride. Uh, I, I'm thankful for the other the other shows too because they we all we all have fun with each other on Twitter for the most part. There's a few of them that maybe not, but we we enjoy it. So. I, I'm just thankful for this community. Uh, we, we don't say it enough. It's been a rough ride over the last handful of years, but uh, I appreciate everybody that, uh, that interacts with it. And on that note, we will be back Saturday morning, 7 a.m. My 36th birthday. I'm getting up at 7 a.m. for you people. Yeah, so we're, we're going to do Wait, this. Wait, is your, is your birthday on Saturday? It is. 36 oh, years old. Dude, fucking weird, man. So I turned 37 on Wednesday. I feel like uh, we got a lot in common. Jeez, man. I mean, I, I don't... You, you, you're you a year older than me, though, so not as much in common, you know? Yeah. Just, you look you look about 10 years younger than me, though, so... No, thanks, man. Like, oh, did I, I... I didn't tell you, but I actually had the worst basketball injury of my life. Uh, so far last Sunday, I had a knee to knee injury with somebody. Um, and I've been limping for about a week now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just a knee contusion and I say just a knee contusion. Um, but it's actually been pretty serious and I will never give anybody a hard time again that has a knee to knee injury in basketball, because not only do you have a hard time walking, you have a hard time sleeping. The pain wakes you up at night, uh, let alone trying to do anything that uh, remotely resembles a uh, basketball move, forward, lateral, jumping, uh, anything in between. Look, at at 37 years old, a knee contusion, they might as well amputate that leg for you. Let's, Dude, uh, it's, it's, that's it's where it's we're real. at. You can't. It's the like... Uh, the the knee to knee injury is uh dude it's painful it's do you realize this is the kind of thing we should talk about after we get off the live stream we can converse like this still all right well people still <laughs> watching all right and so on that note you can add us on Twitter you can do whatever the hell you want do regardless have a wonderful Thanksgiving we'll be back Saturday morning seven a.m. thanks guys. <laughs>